Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I am here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are the managing director of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn about more about our fund at masters.vc. Hi, Jillian. It's so great to be starting each week with you here on VC Confidential. Hi, how are you doing, Ann? It's good to be here. What's on your mind this week? Investors redo. I think that's no how kidding. you pronounce it, or is it redux? I don't know. I always said redux. I don't know. Does like that rabbit mean, redux? Remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> does that mean more ducks in a row? Yes. I don't know. Something I don't know like if they're that. in a row. <laughs> or does it mean it's a redo? But we're not going to redo. Um, no, no. But I like that. So this is for investors and entrepreneurs. Come on. Why redux or redo? <laughs> redo because... Last week, we opened a conversation for angel investors considering moving up to investing in a venture capital fund. And we will get into, again, why it's moving up or leveling up. Um, So that show is titled VC 101, Part 1 for Angel Investors Who Want to Invest in a Venture Capital Fund. Perhaps we put a slightly shorter title on the podcast so it would fit, but it, that's it. the VC 101 part one will get you there. Um, mm-hmm. That was part one. We talked about what angels should expect when they invest in VC funds. To wit, the check sizes that get written will be larger. Investments will be made in portfolio companies at later stages of growth. A venture capital fund is managed by one or more people called individually or collectively the general partner at Masters Fund that is Outlines Venture Group, which is Jillian and I. Uh, The differences between venture capital, private equity, and angel investing, we also went over that. Um, And then we listed real quick, before we ran out of time, which happens so often, Jillian, uh, Mm -hmm. we listed the documents that you'd be required to sign. So today... I propose that our job is to complete that conversation. Let's dive into the details of the venture capital fund documents because, man, there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> you get a whole package when you uh, you know, invest and so on. So there's a lot of stuff. But the major documents that you're going to need to sign, right, that's pretty much three of them. A subscription agreement a W-9 form, and an accredited investor form. So not too bad, right? Okay, so the subscription agreement is the core document. Now, this is the one that gets signed by you, the general partners. This is the thing that makes you a member of a limited partnership, the, uh, the fund itself, okay? Now, this contains a lot of boilerplate material, and that includes a long list of risks involved in investing in VC funds in general. It provides some information about the general partners and the sum you'll be investing and how you're going to get your returns, all of that stuff, right? Now, this is a rather large document, and I've seen some subscription documents or agreements, you know, that go in excess of 80 pages. I mean, we saw one just recently, Anne, right? Yep. Yep, yep. Yep. Okay, so ours is a little more manageable. It's only 44 pages long. 
that's still a chunk of change. And the info on, you know, on almost every single page is actually really, really important and you shouldn't ignore it. So, you know, be prepared to sit down and read folks. Now, just some of the salient points you're going to want to look into particularly, and again, read the whole thing, folks, okay? These include Where's the fund formed? You know, that's kind of its legal home, if you will. It's not the street address. It's where it was formed. Uh, you know, Delaware, our fund was formed in Delaware. Thousands of funds are formed in Delaware, right? But perhaps it's in the Cayman Islands. So there are advantages and disadvantages to you as an investor, depending on where this thing got formed. Talk to your attorneys and maybe your tax accountants. What suits you best? Make sure that it's where you need it to be. All right. So sometimes protections for being in the U.S. or whatever country you have decided to be in and so on. Those are important things. Think about it. Now, a lot of the subscription agreement, again, is really boilerplate language. That means it's repeated again and again, you know, regardless of where you are reading it from, where, regardless of which uh, fund is going to send it to you. It'll be very similar or sometimes exactly the same. It describes a lot of protections and a lot of risks. The risks are particularly important if you're a first-time investor. If you're a second and third and fourth-time investor, well, you've presumably read those risks, so you know. But the biggest thing to note is that just like your angel investments, if you've already made those, there is nothing guaranteed in this kind of investment. There are no floors. There's presumably no ceiling. You're supposed to make, you know, billions of dollars, right? But you can lose everything. You and there's no FDIC insurance. Yeah, yeah, just kiss that goodbye, right? Yeah. This is not an FDIC-insured investment. But FDIC-insured investments, are like you know, banks, those are making things like 1%. Now, there are other kinds of investments out there in which you can be making more than the 1%, even with an FDIC in floor you know, at the bottom. This is not one of them. Get with it. This is one of the most highly risky asset classes out there. There are a few others like this and even more so. But big returns or the hope of big returns has to come with a commensurate amount of risk. So be aware of it. It's, you know, again, particularly important if you're a first-time investor, read those risks so you understand what they are. It isn't just that, oh, it's risky. That doesn't really get it into your brain. Read the whole bloody thing so you understand what these risks are, how you can mitigate them, if you can, and whether you're willing to take them on, right? Big risk, big reward. That's the hope. Okay. Yeah. Now, I would also I like to point out before you go on that read them with your attorney. You know, That'd be a you, really good idea. <laughs> I say this almost every show when we talk about legal matters that so many times I read a paragraph in a legal document. And my interpretation, when I finally show it to counsel, turns out to be exactly wrong, like the opposite, <laughs> because right. lawyers and legal documents have a certain way they're written, and you really do need to have somebody interpret that for you. And I don't know about you folks out there, but I'm not signing 44 pages of anything without my counsel going over it first. Exactly. Right. And we have, uh, for example, a highly qualified investor uh, who joined us at the Master's Fund and sent it to legal counsel and was grateful for it. Again, explaining this, explaining that, illuminating the other bit and so on. Those are important things and you're going to want your counsel to do the same thing. So we can't stress it enough, especially if you're a first time investor, but I don't care if you're a 10th time investor. 
have your guy look it over again. There are a lot of words in there. They read this language in this format all the time. Unless you're an attorney, you're not accustomed to reading the language in this way and things will slip by you because you, oh yeah, 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 wait, wait, that wasn't boilerplate. You yeah. missed it. Yeah, right. Don't miss it. <laughs> or when the eyes glaze over, you know, exactly. on page 36. Exactly. <laughs> Clause so, 73. Right. And that's where you don't want to miss these things. Sometimes it's not awful, but you should know. All right. Because you're going to make a significant investment, right? So you can, you know, take again these risks in hopes of earning the substantive return. And before I really completely talk you out of making an investment in a venture capital firm, I want to point out that angel investors tend to see even fewer returns from their investments than VC does, uh, you know, VC firms do. So if you're bumping up, you actually have a better shot. Uh, that born in mind, most VCs don't return even the 1x back to their investors. It's risky. You're going to have some losses and perhaps many losses before you have good returns. Think about how that's structured and what we can do to mitigate it. Nan and I talk a lot about how we mitigate those risks um, at our fund and how others are doing the same at their funds. It's not just about ours because that would be advertising. That's not what we're doing here. I'm talking about different types of VC funds, and we'll get into that in another program. In the meantime, okay, the the thing you're doing in this venture you know, subscription agreement is you're going to agree to make an investment. You put down a sum of money and you say, that's what I'm going to invest. Let's say it's, I don't know, five million bucks. You will do so when the money is called. That means the fund asks you to send the money in, all right? When it's called, you send it in over usually a period of months or a few years. Um, and when it's called, it's a percentage of that. Find out, does your subscription agreement say we won't call more than a third of it every year or a fifth of it every year? What is it going to look like? Get an expectation so you know how to manage your capital, right? the general partner will tell you what's due upon signing. It isn't going to be the full sum. Now, when a fund makes a capital call, you'll get a notice. Usually it's via email these days, but you might get snail mail, a phone call, those kinds of things, right? It's likely that the... Um, you know, you'll, you'll get, uh, you know, notice of this thing and it will be 10, maybe even 30 days or so after that call for capital that the money is due. And it enables the general partners to make an investment that they are deeming appropriate for the fund. That makes sense. Now, when you enter the sum you wish to invest and you sign your name, uh, usually it's Adobe Reader or DocuSign or something like that, right? You're asking to join the fund, right? In the United States, the fund is a limited partnership. So you are asking to join that partnership. You're not just putting your money on the line and saying, that's it, I'm in, right? The general partner and the managing director of the fund are going to sign the same subscription agreement and they'll accept you into the fund. So that's interesting. I think, and we're going to have to take a break here. Yes, we are. And there's so much more to say. Did we mention these are complicated papers? <laughs> uh, but uh, let's take a break for our sponsors and we will be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. 
If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. Jillian Music and I are discussing today, frankly, the, the intense paperwork that comes with making an investment in a venture capital firm. And this is for the purpose of helping you uh, angel investors who want to move up to venture fund investing understand a little better. Uh, Before, we talked a lot about the subscription agreement, and we sort of put that one to bed. Um, But there's some other things, too. Um, Well, and actually, I got two more bits on that subscription agreement. Yeah, Yeah, I'm afraid so. We we got to get there. Yeah. yeah. Remember that capital call thing, right? When you yeah. put down the amount of capital you're going to invest, it will be called at a number of times and you'll get an expectation of what that looks like. That's great. Now, there are consequences if you don't get that capital to the fund in a timely manner. Look for those consequences, right? It will be printed right there in the subscription agreement. They generally include the fact that you'll no longer be considered a member of the fund if you don't make that timely you know, uh, deposit and that all all of your returns or your potential returns will be divvied up among the remaining partners. Whatever you've invested to date, that will be forfeited. That's a big deal, folks. Make sure that you have capital in the appropriately liquid state as needed, you know, however that much be, might be, right, to meet those requirements over the coming years. In other words, you're saying uh, we shouldn't bet the ranch. Well, one you don't liquid. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Again, did I say highly risky asset class? Right. The amount that you invest should be reflective of, you know, kind of a small percentage of your entire portfolio. Don't overbet this, guys. It's highly risky and it's highly profitable. That's wonderful. But because of the risk, you could lose it all. I think one of our colleagues said it best. She was an angel investor, Anne. But a colleague of ours in New York said, I will invest this sum because this is what I can afford to lose. Absolutely. Right. So think of it that way, not, oh, I hope to make more, right? This is what I can afford 
to lose. Make sure you're doing it right. Okay, so I've got that one. And then there's this thing called assertions. You're going to be asked to sign that you're not committing fraud or being nefarious in any number of ways. This goes on for many pages. These assertions, it's a very long list of very serious assertions. Read them carefully. This fund is protecting you as well as your colleague members of this fund from actions of potential other members who might be bad actors, right? Read them. They're to protect you and others. So you don't feel shy about signing them, but read them carefully so you understand how that works. Absolutely. Okay, on to the W-9 form. This one is easy. Yeah. <laughs> you sign a W-9 whenever you receive revenue. You know, that's... <laughs> If, if you've been 1099 anywhere or anything like that, any of your work, you'd, you need to wet sign this one as it is a federal form and it can't be signed and dated with online services. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And finally, you have that investor qualification form. Uh, sometimes that's a separate form, you know, it's a government required qualification form, right? Um, and we like it stuff simple. So we've included it in the subscription agreement. Essentially, you're self-identifying as a qualified investor on the qualified investor statement, right? Super easy. Um, the qualified investor has uh, different sizes and regulations, and I'm actually not going to state them all here because you can go look that up so simply, and they change from time to time, okay? So if you're a qualified investor, you self-acknowledge, you sign, you're on your way. That's right. Okay. And um, yeah. The uh, sometimes you have a separate document for you to provide banking information. Uh, that's the place where the fund sends you your ROI. So that's the happiest that's place. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, and again, uh, we included that in our subscription agreement, but it may also sometimes be a separate document. Yes. So last time, Anne, we talked about the differences between angels, VCs, PEs, right? We talked about conventional venture capital last time. That's not the only kind of VC fund available to you as an investor. Yes, let's Talk unpack that, that because th these things are not often available to angel investors. It's, mm -hmm. it's like a different animal and um, a different vehicle, if you will. And so mm -hmm. I think let's go through that because I think a lot of angels are just assuming that, you know, what you do is you put money into a company and receive equity shares, what we call mm -hmm. conventional venture capital. But there's so much more. So tell us, let's just recap conventional venture capital stuff, Anne. Okay. Uh, generally, a 10-year lockup. The returns are not dependent on the exit. Oh, they are. Excuse me. I misspoke there. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. They sure are. <laughs> I got all a little mixed up, but I can dig myself out of this. It de the, Your returns depend on the exit of the portfolio companies. Mm -hmm. The focus is on building those unicorns, which are billion-dollar companies. 96% of conventional venture capital investments will not return ROI to the fund. 4% carries the whole fund on average. Right. And the fund's goals are about a 300% return to investors, and it's taxed as a VC investment, which historically has provided some tax advantage to investors. You have to ask your accountant about that because these rules change often too. Yes, they do. 
Okay, let's talk about, you want to talk about structured exits, Jillian? I know it's your favorite thing. (laughs) <laughs> I sure it. Yeah, it is because that's what we're doing. And um, a structured exit fund is a fund that is a venture capital fund. So it's not private equity. It's not an angel investment. Right. It is a structured exit fund. It is not providing debt to companies for them to grow. It is providing an equity investment. So just like a conventional venture capitalist, uh, we will make uh, capital investments in companies and they will give us stock in their company. Now, the difference is that we have a shorter term of lockup of capital, right? You don't have to wait 10 years for the entire fund to exit and then all the distributions come back out, right? What you do, and and I should point out, sometimes in conventional VC funds, you get your um, returns earlier if there's a massive exit or something like that too. So it's not 100%, but let's not get in the weeds there. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we have by design created a shorter term lockup. Now, generally, the return on investments begin in about two to four years into the fund. And this is why. We make an investment that has in the document, uh, the investment document itself, the agreement with the company, the agreement that they will purchase that stock back by paying a percentage of gross revenues. So a company maybe comes in uh, when they're making, I don't know, $20,000 a month recurring revenue. And when they get to $40,000 a month recurring revenue, they will begin to make such payments. So in that way, we have described how long it's going to take before they can uh, start buying back that stock. They don't make payments on a debt. They are purchasing stock back. In that way, as they purchase the stock back, we kind of reduce dollar for dollar the risk of the originally invested capital. Let's say you put a million bucks into that, right? And as they begin to purchase that stock back, 10,000, 20,000, 50, 100,000, whatever it is, you have reduced the risk of loss, Right, you get that idea. All right, so now maybe you only have 900,000 at risk and then 500 and so on. At some point, they will have paid the first million back. But the agreement indicates that when they purchase this stock back, they'll do so at, say, I don't know, three times the amount we purchased it from in the beginning from the fund, right? So we paid a buck for it, they're going to pay three bucks back for each piece of stock. In that way, we have structured also the amount of the return. We haven't said, hey, if you make it to a unicorn, we're going to get 100x, 200x, 500x. Oh, goody. Right? We're not waiting for that kind of a risk and that kind of a hope. We have mitigated the risk by getting capital back at earlier and structured stages and based on the revenue of the company. In this way, what we're doing is building sustainable corporations that don't have to exit, which means sale or IPO. Right? They don't have to exit in order to return capital to the fund. It is possible, of course, that you're going to want to hang on to that cap, uh, that equity at some point. Let's say company A is moving along and arithmetically it increases in value and they're paying us back and that's great and we're giving them back their stock and that's great. And right around, I don't know, a third or two thirds of the way in, it's like, ooh, they hit inflection and they start taking off of the skies and woohoo. We can say, you know what? Don't pay us anymore. We're going to hold on to our stock. And if we don't do that, but the company is allowed to exit from our arrangement by the agreements in the structured exit. That means that they have their equity. They have a very nice cap table when they go to their next investment. 
Yes. On the flip side. serves them well. On the flip side, just before we take our second break here, um, on the flip side, even if we should exit completely, you can also write into these agreements that should this company have a wonderful massive exit within, I don't know, a year or two years or so on of the time that they have paid it back, you'll get some participation in that upside. Not as much as if you had received the other stuff, but again, a piece of it. In this way, we mitigate risk. We optimize the potential for return on investment to investors. We do not force companies to exit or go bust in trying. And 80% of venture capital firms do exhaust themselves and die in five years. Right. So all of those things are taken off the table. And at the same time, the company can continue to operate and get us off the books, right? They have their stock back and it's good for everyone. Over the end, as an end result, it is, if you will, crafted with a scalpel, not a hatchet. So there's one more- take a break. Well, we do, but before we take our break, let's steal a minute from the last segment because very close to this is uh, the concept of venture debt. I think you can cover that pretty quickly. Yeah, venture debt literally is a debt instrument. It's a loan to the company. Sometimes they use uh, stock as collateral, but most of the time not even. Uh, It is a debt, and it is generally also a revenue share type based thing. Not always. Uh, We have some friends over at Lighter Capital based right here in Seattle where I'm based uh, that do that kind of work. There are many others around the country now that do similar kinds of work. A loan is made based on trailing revenues of a company that have to meet a minimum standard, and the money is uh, the amount of money that is lent is based on how much this company is already earning. You begin paying that loan back 30 days after you've taken it. So very much like a bank loan, you start paying right away, but the payments are based on the amount of revenue earned. So if your earnings go up, you pay them more per month. If they go down, you pay them less. Again, in this way, the company is not, if you will, murdered in the attempt to grow it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, but the, definitely as an investor, you want to ask your accountant um, how the one differs from the other in your, in yes, your particular situation. So now we really do need to take a break. Our sponsors want to have their say. And uh, we will be right back with more VC Confidential. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. 
on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music. And today we are talking to angel investors who want to consider becoming venture capital investors and what they need to know. So as we wrap this up, there are a couple of things that I think we should talk about. One is um, how your, uh, what your role is as an investor in a VC fund. And then how do you find the right one? Mm -hmm. Okay. So some of the right stuff would be uh, just uh, basics. Again, how will the returns be classified? For example, in venture debt, it's interest. In uh, venture capital, it has other tax treatments. And there are advantages or disadvantages to both, depending on your portfolio. That's where the professionals come in and help you decide what you'd like to do. Once you've determined what kind of a fund you might like to join, then it's also about stage-related. You know, at Angel Investing, you're really, really early stage. At uh, Some VCs will be only at Series A. Some of the larger VC firms, Series B, C, D, E, you know, massive capital. Depends on the amount of capital you've got. Are you investing $100 million in this game or are you going to invest one, right? Depending on what you're going to do, uh, it's important to know the difference. Another key difference between angel investing and VC investing is really stage-related, right? You can get in an earlier game and you can write smaller checks, right? You can get deeply involved in the companies you invest in and so on. The other side of the coin is that capital is going to be tied up the longest. The risk is the highest at the earliest stages, and the investor has no real control over where the company goes, uh, you know, once they've done that. So later stage investing is going to involve writing larger uh, checks, right? That would increase the risk, of course, because there's more capital at stake, but it also decreases the risk. It's tied up for less time, even if it's a standard 10-year fund, right? Uh, And time is a risk factor. So portfolio companies at later stages have reduced their own risk because they have product in the market. Presumably, they have revenues that are already beginning to, you know, churn out there and so on and, and bringing in capital. So when you do that, you determine what stage you want to invest in and then determine also what kind of sector you want to invest in. All right. So think about that. Um, you know, as you think about your mission, your vision, and those kinds of goals. Right. So those are really great points. And I think that we need to let's look at that whole thing about mission and goals because it's pretty obvious if you're going to invest in a fund, you you want one that tracks with your own values. So where do you find that? Um, and if you, if you don't find what you like, if it doesn't match your mission, vision, and goals, uh, beyond ROI, keep walking. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So often you will find this information, um, it will always be laid out in the LPA, which is a document we didn't go over before because it isn't one you have to sign. Uh, but it is very important because it lays out what's referred to as the thesis of the fund, who they're going to mm-hmm. invest in, what, you know, what kind of companies, uh, what kind of demographic. For instance, Master's mm-hmm. Fund, we invest in women-led tech companies and diverse-led mm-hmm. tech companies. Um, and so, then and you'll also find that you know in the investor deck, uh, you know, sometimes it's called indeed, the flip chart yeah. or flipbook or something, right? Because that's how you first get to know a fund, right? And you'll know what they're all about, you know. Right. However. I would like to caution our listeners again that you really do review, need to Mm -hmm. review the entire limited partner agreement or 
LPA, as we call it. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of boilerplate, but here's why you absolutely have to go over it and have your counsel review it too. It's a legal document that defines your roles, rights, and responsibilities, as we were talking about before. And, he, and here's, the, here's the kicker. Even if you didn't sign it yourself, you'll see on the signature page that was signed on your behalf by the general partner using the power of attorney that you authorized in signing the subscription agreement. Yes, that's a very good point. And that so, will bring us back to that subscription agreement. Something else I didn't mention, there's a lot in that subscription agreement. You are providing a limited power of attorney around this fund to the general partners. Make sure you trust the general partners. So, so the so LPA much. document is absolutely critical um, mm -hmm. to uh, finding the right match. But there are other things too, aren't there, Jillian? Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, when you look at the fund, you want to know what are they investing in to begin with, right? Um, you want to know uh, whether you'll be engaged or whether you're going to just write a check. Talk to the general partners about that. What kind of investment are you after? If you're a first-time investor in a venture capital firm, one of your goals may be to learn how to do venture capital, right? You want to be part of that due diligence process. We have very active engagement, for example, at the master's fund, but it's not required. So some people are wanting to do that and others who are more seasoned just want to write a check, right? Find out how your fund is going to be operated. And these things are not necessarily inside a document. You want to do this in discussion with your general partners. And then you want to talk about uh, what stage of uh, growth this uh, fund is going to invest. And again, the early, the middle, the late stage, is this a stage you want to be engaged in? How is that going to come together? And finally, I would say you want to talk about whether there is a mission, a vision, and a goal for this, right? Some say, well, we are operators of, uh, you know, high-tech companies, so we know good high-tech companies, and we're going to find you the best and the brightest. That may be great. And others will say, uh, we're focused on environmental impact, and we will fund companies that are fixing the environment or improving it here or perhaps around the world. Do you want to invest in U.S.-based companies? Do you want to invest in them around the world? Uh, you know, this is a U.S. show, so we'll talk to our U.S. investors, right? But wherever you are, do you want to be local, regional, or international? Those are important uh, considerations as well. Uh, there are many impact investment funds. Uh, so think about whether you wish to have this as an impact investment. Find out whether an impact investment increases your likelihood of return or perhaps decreases it. I should point out that over the massive amount of uh, data, it actually increases things. So feel yes. free to go after your passions. Right? As, as does investing in diversity. Yes. Uh, diversity absolutely. and impact are just good business. And with that... We got to call it a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital. Not to be scared. It's actually okay. <laughs> and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of this previously shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM for taking a chance on our new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to this and future shows and past shows right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you like to get your podcasts. You will also find 
all of our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. It's about 10 years worth, right, Jillian? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ann Kennedy yep. with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. You can find out more about us on outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.